Hi everybody, this is Jeremy. My wife Candace and I are the pastors at the Ridge Assembly at Park Hill. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this message connects with you, that inspires you, reveals God's word of truth in your life. Be encouraged and enjoy the message. All right, guys, so this morning uh, we're going to finish the conversation that we started last week about expectations, right? And I didn't plan it to be a series, but last week I figured I might as well quit while you guys did. <laughs> so, so I cut it a little bit short. We got uh, several things to still cover this morning. If you want to start a rumor, look at the person next to you and say, I'm expecting, and you never know how that's going to go. Started it last week, and we got into a few things looking specifically about the Christmas story because the Christmas story, the lead up to it, is all about expectations. Right? The expectations of Israel versus the expectations of God, the expectations of the, the Jews and the priests versus the expectations of the wise men. You got the expectations of Mary. Can you imagine Mary? I don't know how she figured that married life would start. I don't, know, I don't know what she was expecting when she said yes to Joseph, but it was probably not to be a virgin mother and the mother of the Messiah at that. I'm sure she had expectations, but she was also submissive to God's will. When, when the angel showed up, she says, whatever it is that you want to be done to me, then let it be done. I'm going to walk in your will. Joseph had expectations, I'm sure. I don't know how marriage proposals went back in the day. I'm sure it was a candlelight dinner. <laughs> it's just, so, but he, he probably had expectations, but I'm sure that it wasn't spending a honeymoon in Bethlehem. It's probably more like Bahamas, right? It wasn't, he didn't figure the starter home was going to be a place in Egypt where he had to go and flee with his family to avoid Herod and his wrath. Elizabeth and Zechariah had expectations, right? They got pregnant at an old age, but, but the angel showed up and said, Hey, you know what? I've got something special for you. I've got, I've got a prophet that's going to grow in your womb, and the spirit of Elijah is going to prepare the way of the Lord. They had big expectations, but they were also open-ended to say, God, whatever it is that you want, if you want my son to go and live, live locusts and wild honey and animal skins, yeah, whatever, whatever you want, God. Whatever it is that we can do to make sure that the way is prepared for the Lord, that's what we want. Simeon had some expectations. You guys remember Simeon, right? The, the, the old guy, the, the righteous man that God promised wouldn't die until he had seen the Messiah. So he goes to the temple, and, and I could, I'd imagine that he goes there often, and he's looking around. And he sees the wealthy and the powerful come in and offer their gifts to God. And every time he's like, hey, he sees the pomp and the circumstance and just wonders, is this the person? And then he sees the baby. He sees God most high wrapped in the most humble an infant. And he knows that it's the Messiah. See, he wasn't blinded by expectations he was open to what God had done. Last week we started talking about the wise men and their expectations because the wise men from the east had expectations and so did the religious leaders. And the Bible says all of Jerusalem and that's how we see the contrast that we looked at last week from Matthew chapter number 1. 
The wise men had an expectation of Messiah, but without the baggage of imaginations and daydreams that clouded the eyes of the Jews. See, the wise men saw the star with their eyes and then understood the times and the seasons, while the Jews saw the times and the seasons, but had their eyes clouded by their expectations so that they missed the star. The religious leaders were looking for the second advent of Christ, and that's what they expected. And because they were looking for the second advent of Christ, they missed the first. They focused on the plan of restoration instead of redemption. They wanted autonomy and not atonement. In short, the suffering Savior didn't meet their expectations, so they missed the star and they skipped over the plan of God. So here we go. We're going to read Matthew uh, chapter number 2 again. Uh, This is uh, the story of the Magi. And as we read this, let's remember to calibrate our expectations for what's coming in 2021, for, for what lies beyond. Let's calibrate our expectations on God-sized dreams, but with enough flexibility to see God moving even in the periphery. Even when we don't catch exactly what He's doing, we still understand that He's got something moving in the background, and we're not going to miss the, the trees for the forest We're going to see the small things as they happen. Matthew chapter number 2, beginning of verse number 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him, When he had gathered together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them as to where the Christ would be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it's written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When Herod, er, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you've found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, uh, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. And they saw the, the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And last week, and along with this week, we focused on verse number 3. It says that when, the, when they heard the news, when they heard the news, the chief priests, Herod, and all of Jerusalem was troubled because the move of God in that day did not match their expectation. And when reality doesn't match expectation, that's when disappointment is born. And disappointment fuels rejection. We just finished our study of the book of Acts, and uh, it was a long study. We've been looking at it all year long. But, but as we see the birth of the early church, we see incredible miracles, signs, and wonders. We see God doing crazy and unusual things. But we also see time had expectations rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. Expect the
an expectation. They, they, so they rejected a misplaced expectation. Guys, there's two dangers with expectations. We talked about it last week. Same thing again this week. Two dangers. The first is that you don't have any. That's dangerous. You need to have expectations, right? Because if you don't, then you won't have faith. Faith and expectations are like, they're like cousins, right? If you don't have some expectations, then, then you're not going to push, you're not going to pray, you're not going to invest, you're not going to do the things that you need to do to succeed. You've got to have expectations. But the second thing is that you do have expectations, but they're rigid slices of daydreams without room for God's plan. And both are detrimental. You've got to have expectations, but they have to be flexible enough to see God moving in the periphery. Last week we talked about three things. We'll go through them real quick, and then we'll keep trucking this week. Last week we said that we've got to have expectation for revival. Expectation for revival. Guys, I'm telling you, God is going to move. Right? This planet is nuts, and it's going to get crazier. Right? Our society seems to be teetering on the edge of some kind of civil war or all-out mental breakdown. I'm not sure which. But God is going to move. Before Jesus returns, I am fully convinced that there's going to be a harvest like never before. I see God do incredible things. And I know, and I know, that I know, that I know that, that the component that defines revival is people getting saved, delivered, and set free. That's what's going to happen. But how it's going to happen? I'm going to kind of adjust some of my expectations. Because in my mind, I've always kind of figured out what revival would look like, right? I've always imagined those things, what revival would look like. But especially in 2020, when we do more things online and we reach more people online than we do in this building, then, then i got to say that, you know what? I'm going to take a step back and say, I'm expecting miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm expecting salvation above everything else. But after that, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if we're talking about lines to get in a building or if we're talking, you know, we said last week, I don't know if there's going to be 12,000 people in a building or if there's going to be, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of house groups with just a few people in each one. I don't know what it's going to look like. I just know the miracle signs and wonders and above all salvation, and that's what's coming. I'm going to adjust my expectations so that I adjust my, the way that I see myself fitting into it. So many times when we talk about revival, we talk or we think that we're just sitting back and waiting on God to do something, and maybe He's sitting back and waiting on us to do something, which is our second thing we talked about last week is our personal ministries. Our expectations for our personal ministry, we all expect that God will use us personally, but a lot of times that looks like daydreaming, at least it does with me. When I think about how God is going to use me, I start thinking and imagining that God is going to give me more talent, more ability, more anointing in one way or the other, and that this somehow I've got to increase so that He can increase through me. But that's not the way it works. I believe that, that, that we're going to calibrate our minds again and, and say, you know what, God, I do expect that, that you know, as I work, as I study, that you're going to give me more and more, and, I, and I'm going to expand my gifts, my abilities, and my talents, but I'm not going to wait on that. I'm going to expect that God is going to use what's in my hand right now. I expect that God is going to bring in new people for me to influence. But you know what? I'm also not going to pass up the people that I'm influencing right now. 
I believe that God has given each one of us divine appointments. And right now, you have connections and abilities with people that you can witness to, that you can minister to right now without anything else. You have to wait on some kind of uh, perfection or anything like that. So perfection is not a prerequisite for ministry. Humility and repentance are. So we're going to do some little bit of off-road ministry. And we're going to allow God to use what's in our hands. And we're going to do some incredible things. Third thing we talked about last week. And this this wraps up the end of the the church scene, right? We've got to calibrate our expectations for church services. 2020 threw the formula out the window. You guys know the formula, right? You come in, you sing two fast songs, uh, or three fast songs, and then two slow songs, and that's kind of, you know. And then after that, we'll do prayer, and then, and then after that, we'll do announcements, and then after that, we'll sing, a, or we'll do the, the sermon, and then we'll go eat lunch. And, and that was the formula. And, 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 and we always expect God to do something, but, but if we're not careful, we always expect Him to do the thing that, that we think He should. And it usually looks like what happened last week. But what we're saying, guys, and this is one of the things that I love about the Ridge, Sherwood, Mesquite, everywhere. I really believe that the church is open to a different move of the Holy Spirit in every service because that's what we've got to do. I've seen so many churches that get stuck in a pattern, whether it's a pattern of reverence or whether it's a pattern of Jericho marches or whatever it is. The truth of the matter is that God calibrates the plan based on the people that are there and what they're going through at the moment. And so I am fully expecting that every time we come into this building that we're going to meet with God. But I'm also expecting that that's going to look different every time. That sometimes God's going to pour out joy and we're all going to just laugh in God's presence. That sometimes God is going to be present in such a way that, that you just got to kneel before Him. But, but I do know this, that no matter how it manifests, the Holy Spirit is going to continue to burn inside of us and do things that are going to propagate us in His kingdom so that we can build disciples and grow the kingdom. All right, that was the church. Let's get personal this week expectations let's adjust expectations for relationships expectations for relationships guys I spent 17 years in youth ministry and so this topic of of relationships came up a lot right but how many know that things get a little more complicated when you get older and I'm not saying that young love isn't true love it is right Uh, but things get complicated exponentially as you get older, right? you get careers, you got, you, you've got um, kids, maybe some baggage from previous relationships, wh- whatever it is. And I'm not talking about just romantic relationships, I'm also talking about friendships. How many times do, do we, the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. God has created us to be social beings, and I, don't think, I can't think of anything else that's been as trying this year as the idea of social distancing. It's been tough. I'm an introvert. I'm an engineer. I'm perfectly happy not hugging anybody. But still, to, to, be, to be disconnected from people is hard. And I can't imagine what it would be like if, if during this season you're also looking for a significant other or you're needing a friend because you lost some friends over political stances in this crazy election year. 
That's hard. I do know this, guys, that, that people are lonely. And that a lot of folks right now are asking the Lord for meaningful relationships. Maybe, maybe significant other kind of romantic relationships, maybe friendships. But I believe that people are asking the Lord, or even if they're not asking, because sometimes it feels weird to it's crazy to but sometimes you don't even want to bring these things before God but, but there's a lot in our society I'm not saying a just stand long time to students and one of the main things that I always said is is never never lower your standards if you're looking for a significant other right the first thing that that you got to talk about is, is make sure that they're they're saved white hot on fire that you know they got a job it helps I mean those kind of things right don't lower your standards but we've got to also let our imaginations and daydreams get out of the way of God's appointments Maybe things aren't going to be like a, like a Hallmark movie where you bump into someone at a tree lighting and next thing you know, you know, a couple days later, you're sharing your first kiss and it's happily ever after. You never know how things are going to work out. Again, romantic relationships or friendships. Sometimes the best things happen when you lay down expectations. When I met Candace, we were seniors in high school, right? Uh, we were getting ready uh, to, to go into the semester at uh, our senior year. I didn't really want a relationship at the moment. She didn't really want a relationship at the moment. And I think that's what made it great. We definitely didn't have expectations of staying together. I, I, my expectation was she's stinking hot, and I just wanted to be seen with her. <laughs> and she just wanted a friend. Like, we didn't have, it, we just hung out. And she couldn't get rid of me. And uh, the rest is history, and it is happily ever after. But when we step back, Sometimes and we give God some space to, to, to bring a friend in, to bring a partner in. Let's not be robbed by putting God on a timetable or expecting too many things. Too many people hold on to bad relationships because they've got good imaginations. And we can't allow that. Too many people are disappointed to the point of depression because significant others or friends don't appear in the anticipated timetable. We can't allow that either. Guys, we've got to understand that it's not good for man to be alone, and God's got a plan. He's going to bring some friends. He's going to bring significant others. He's going to, he's going to do some amazing things in 2021, maybe even before the end of this year. But don't get so wrapped up in imaginations that you miss what God has put in front of you already. Don't get so wrapped up in looking for what's great and what's next that you miss fellowship when it's available. Next, expectations for prodigals. Expectations for prodigals. Guys, we pray for our prodigals just about every service here. And if you're new to Christian ease, let me tell you, a prodigal is just someone who has known God. They were probably raised in church, and they walked away from God for whatever reason. And we've got a long list of them. We call them by name a lot. Just about every service we meet together, especially on Wednesday nights, we'll, we'll pray for them. And I pray for them personally in my, my personal prayer time. Guys, there's a lot of prodigals out there. 
family members, people that I was their youth pastor. Again, it's a long time in youth ministry. I've seen thousands of students come, so many that are, that are called into ministry with an anointing on their life, and then they walk away from God, and I call their names in prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to expect that God is going to restore them. We've got to expect that, that God is going to start messing with them, that angels are going to set up divine appointments, and, and they're, going to, they're going to bump into somebody, and, and they're going to have a, a, something in their remembrance. That they're going to have a dream. I pray a lot of times that God will give them a dream, and they'll just remember what was. We've got to have an expectation of those things. But we need to make sure that are in our expectations, because, again, a lot of times expectations and daydreams kind of go together. And when we think about it, we always think that it's just this one moment where they, where they come back in and they fall at the altar and, 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 and all the junk just falls off of them. And, and, and But let's not despise the days of small beginnings. As we're praying for our prodigals, guys, we, we know, we know, we know, we know, we know what the end is. The end is salvation and restoration. But let's not miss the opportunities to rejoice in the small things. When we see just a, a glimmer, a moment where their, where their hard heart is cracked a little bit, where it's just soft enough, where we're able to talk about Jesus, where we're able to talk about church, Remember the good old days when we did this. Uh, don't, don't despise the days of small beginnings because sometimes it's a revolution and sometimes it's an evolution. Sometimes it's little by little. Here's what I want you to understand. If you're praying for a prodigal, just know this. You know the story of the prodigal son in the Bible? It's a beautiful story, you know. The, the father is waiting there uh, and the son, and he sees the son coming and they run up and they hug and he's fully restored but days, maybe weeks, maybe months before the father embraced the son, the son made a decision. When he was eating the, the pig's pods and he was just living it, when he was at the bottom of the barrel, he made a decision that he was going home. And this was days, weeks, months. Remember, they didn't, they didn't have a, a cars back then, right? You couldn't just jump on your Segway. This was a long, like, it, they had to, he had to travel long before the father ever embraced him. The son had already decided that where he was staying, where he was, he couldn't stay. And he was going to come back. So guys, I, I know right now we're praying for prodigals and we're expecting that, that, that God is going to do something incredible. God is going to save them. But don't despise the days of small beginnings. Even if you don't see it right now at this moment, keep praying, keep pushing, keep expecting God to deliver them fully. But don't expect it in a certain way. So, the, so much that you get disappointed when your timeline that you have in your imagination Right? Or that your process that you have in your imagination doesn't match up with reality. Remember, disappointment is born when our expectations and reality don't match. So just expect God to save and leave the details to Him. You never know when someone that we're praying for has already decided in their mind that they're journeying home. Expectations for prodigals don't give up. Next, expectations for finances. Again, we're going into 2021. And I am fully expecting God to unleash a miracle in finances. I'm fully expecting that. Why? Because God is going to unleash a revival. And revivals cost money. 
and God's people are going to be blessed. I, I believe that there is going to be a separation. Right? This is the time where, where the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And I believe that the church, or we're going to be the ones that are going to minister to the community. We're going to be the ones that, that do the food banks. We're going to be the ones that have the benevolence. We're going to be the ones that, that, that say, they give people saved, delivered, set free, and set up on a plan for them to better their lives. I'm telling you guys, the revival that's going to take place is big, and it's big, 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 even in our finances. As a matter of fact, if you're a child of God and you tithe, you should expect... According to the word of God, you should expect that God is going to bless you financially, that he's going to watch over you financially. We have expectations, but we also expect how God will do that. We must expect that God will do that, and I believe that we have a contract to stand on. It's God's word. It's the, the contract of the universe, right? He says, if you honor me, if you pay your tithe, if you do this, then I will open the floodgates of heaven. That, that's something we should expect according to his word. Where we need to give him a little bit of wiggle room is how he does this. right? To, to what extent and in what timing. He says he's never going to leave us. Right? He, he, we're, go, we're always going to have enough. I believe we're going to a time where we're going to have more than enough. We're always going to have enough. But let's not get wrapped into to how because you know what? I've been disappointed in my own life when I feel like God missed an opportunity for me to get a promotion. <laughs> God, I know you're going to bless me. How come I... We get disappointed when, when one job ends. We get, we get disappointed because this is not the way that we had it in our minds, right? We go on the interview and we think, yes, this is it, God. And then it's not. We get disappointed when we think that, that you know what, uh, by this time next year, by this time next year, how many, how many people have thought that? Right? By this time next year, I'm going to be driving a new car. By this time next year, I'm going to be all snazzy with a fancy new suit. By this time next year... I'll be in this place. My 401k will look like this, right? Whatever it is. Maybe God is saying, you know what? Little by little. Little by little. I've never seen the righteous forsaken of the seed begging bread. God is going to provide for every need. Above and beyond that, let's be patient. And let's give, I'm, I'm telling you guys, so I'm telling be flexible, work hard, invent the future, sow seeds in, in businesses and relationships, sow seeds in the kingdom, but also take your, take your hands off of it enough to say, God, if you're closing the door here, then I know that you're going to open a door over here. And when God blesses you in that, then rejoice. And again, don't despise the days of small beginnings because maybe it's just one job, one gig, one contract. Maybe it's just one thing solo, whatever it is. Maybe it's just a little by little, but God is still going to move and he's still going to bless his people. Expect God to take care of your finances, but warning, don't expect it in your timing, in your way, or even in, there you go. Next, this one's tough. Expectations for healing. This one's tough. Because we expect God to heal us. And we should, because, because there's healing 
available. The Bible says by his stripes we were healed. If you read James chapter number 5, it's, it's pretty, pretty clear. If there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Right? That's what the Bible says. Right? Uh, uh, pray for them, anointing them with the oil. The, the, the prayer of faith will raise up the sick. The Lord will raise them up. That's what the Bible says. We must maintain an expectation of the miraculous. Because remember, faith, faith and expectation, they're cousins. We've got to maintain an expectation of the miraculous. But, but I'm also not going to base my faith on God's ability to do any miracle. Right? The, the miracles, the healings, the wonders, those are like fringe benefits. It's not the, it's not the, the, the core of the gospel. We must worship God even when we don't understand what He's doing. And sometimes even when we, what, we, what we're praying for doesn't happen and it doesn't seem fair. Again, we just finished up our, our study of the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 28. Um, it's, it's a really cool, it's the very end of the story. Uh, Paul has been shipwrecked on the island of Malta. And it says that every person that he prayed for, the whole island was healed of all of their sicknesses and that's amazing. But then you think, if those miracles were done through Paul, then, then why did they have to be shipwrecked in the first place? Couldn't that same faith that, that, that saw the whole island healed, couldn't that same faith have stood on the, on the decks of the ship and said, peace be still, that's what Jesus did? And it would have all been calm. Well, couldn't that have happened? Yeah, but for whatever reason, it, it wasn't. God's plan. Paul, Paul left one of his, his traveling companions, a guy named Trophimus. He was sick and, got, and Paul had to leave him behind in a city because God didn't heal him. Now he, he was eventually okay and he rejoined him later and it's a fine story. But, but, but you see this discontinuity between sometimes God chooses to work and sometimes there's a gap. We believe in miraculous healing. I have seen it. I've experienced it. I've laid my hands on the sick and I've seen them recover. And every time there's a need, we're going to bring it before God and we're going to expect the miraculous. But I'm not going to have my faith shaken when it becomes a process instead of instantaneous. I'm not going to have my faith shaken when it's a partial healing instead of a full healing. And I don't understand how that, I don't, I don't get that. You know, I, I've seen God do, do healings and it'll restore someone after a car accident or after a stroke and, and God will, will, they'll live and they'll be fine. But they'll, you know, it's kind of like, like Jacob in the Bible where he continued to walk with a limp. Sometimes it's not all the way. And, and to be honest, I don't, One time, and I, I just adopted it that it, when it comes to God, I don't understand everything because I've got a plan. My job is to preach the gospel, and I'm gonna, my job is to ask and ask and believe with my faith that God is good, that God can do these things, and whether He chooses to do it or not. We got to keep the perspective that in reality, all healing is temporary. We see the story in the Bible of Hezekiah. You know, he, he asked for another 15 years. God granted it to him, but then after that was up, he died. 
We see the resurrection of Lazarus. I mean, he's dead in the tomb, and the resurrection in life, the person of Jesus Christ speaks to him. He gets out of the tomb. He lives, and then he dies. This all healing is temporary. So here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to expect God to do the miraculous, but I'm going to unchain my faith from his performance. He's given us the ability, he's given us the grace to pray for people and see incredible things happen. I'm going to expect complete and instantaneous, but I'm not going to miss him when he's working in a process or when he's answering in a way that I didn't expect. My faith is not going to ride on a cosmic Santa Claus. He's king of the universe, and I'm fully, I, I expect healings, but you know what? If it happens in a different way or a different time period, my faith is not going to be destroyed. Last but not least, guys, we're calibrating our expectations 2021. Expectations of favor. Expectations of favor. I expect favor. And I believe that you, as, as children of God, you can expect favor. The favor of God is going to be on us. And I believe that God is also going to give us favor with, with government officials, with leaders. Because, because, again, guys, there's a revival coming that it's going to be so incredible. We're going to need money. We're going to need favor. We're going to need all of these things to be able to manage the, the influx of people and influence. And it's going to be incredible. But we should not imagine and this is me, right, because I've got a great imagination, right? We should not imagine that just because we have favor with God, just because God gives us favor with, with some officials and things to, to get His will done, just like He did with Nehemiah and all the greats of the Old Testament, we should not imagine that everyone's going to like us. We shouldn't imagine that as Christians that we're going to have cheerleaders following us around, right, saying what a great job that we're doing. As a matter of fact, the reality is that as the days become more evil, right, the friction between God's people and the world is going to increase. We're going to have favor with God. We're going to have favor uh, among each other. And I'm telling you, guys, the people of God are, are going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. But I'll also say that the people that love darkness are going to hate the light more. And if you're shining the light, then you're going to be the target. I remember one time, this has been a long time ago, uh, we walked into, a, I think it was a McDonald's, I don't know. Certainly not a Chick-fil-A, because those people are awesome. Now, we walked into like a, a fast food place, and we were ordering, and the, the girl behind the counter is like, I really don't like you. She's looking at me, and I'm like, thanks. Sorry. But it, it was a very strange conversation. And, and I wasn't, this was, again, it was a long time ago, and so I wasn't like, you know, spiritually mature. But, I knew even at the moment that it was a spiritual thing. Like what was in her hated what was in me. It was just one of those weird. And ladies and gentlemen, you can expect, I'm telling you, expect favor. Expect to walk in the favor of God. 
right? Expect that, that, that God is going to give you opportunities that nobody else gets. Expect that you're going to have favor, maybe with your bosses, because God's going to bless you financially. Expect that God is going to give you favor with, with the government, because we're going to be able to expand and do all kinds of things. Expect that, but also don't expect that everyone's going to like us. Matter of fact, Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble. Right? Jesus was crucified by a world that hated him. And if that world hates him, then he's, they're going to hate us also. So we just got to calibrate our expectations. We get favor where it matters, but not in every arena. The reality is that God will grant us favor, but maybe nobody else. So here we go, guys. The, that's the end of that. It's about our expectations. Because what I don't want to do is be like all of Jerusalem, who is looking for a Messiah, but missed the greatest moment in history because they were looking in the wrong direction. Their reality didn't match their expectations, and it ended up in a dis disappointment that made them reject even the gospel of Jesus Christ, that to this day, they reject the message. To this day, Jewish synagogues will not read from Isaiah 53 because they cannot expect a suffering Savior. And they missed it. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what the future is going to hold. I'm not a prophet or a son of a prophet, right? I have no idea. But I do have some expectations of greatness. But I also understand reality. In the end, God is going to bless us. And I'm not going to lower my expectations because, that, because that's what keeps me running and pushing. But I'm going to keep them flexible enough to see God moving in the periphery. I'm not going to become so focused that I miss the big picture of what God wants to do through me and through his church. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We invite you to be part of our online community by subscribing to this podcast. Also, follow us on social media at The Ridge Assembly PH on Facebook and Instagram. If you live in the central Arkansas area, we certainly invite you to be part of our live community. You can join us Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at the Old Park Hill Elementary Building. That's at 3801 JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.